Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back. The final... Buffalo Bills football Monday of the season, which means, at least formally, our last uh, chance to chat with Eric Wood, who joins us on the Wester Hotline. Of course, if you know the show over the years, once in a while, you know, there'll be a big trade or something, and we'll call Eric, and he'll be at Epcot, and we'll bug him. He'll be in Mexico, and we'll have to say, he got a few minutes, and he's always very accommodating. Eric, I mean, it's incredible game, pretty abrupt ending from the two-minute warning when, I don't know about you, like you had to at least respect the Bills' chances, if not really like their chances there, to three plays later, including the field goal miss, like that's it. I mean, I guess that's what happens in the NFL playoffs, but um, I, I, I thought it was, I, I was sort of surprised by sort of being shocked that at the two-minute warning, like, all right, this is this is the ride. This is good. You, I, you got the ball, and I barely had time to get nervous. Right about and, an ending, like I was nervous about over. the outcome, but I I, I wasn't processing like they're they're not going to score something here, and the game's going to continue, and then suddenly it's like oh, post game's on the air. That's it. Yeah, I don't know, Eric. How about you? <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, heartbreaking. I mean, it was shocking, heartbreaking. Um, you know, right at the two minute, they're in a position to score, and they've been marching up and down the field. Uh, throughout that game and Josh has been doing a great job taking what the defense has given him throughout the game taking shots uh, calculated shots at times they didn't connect on any of them but you know no risky throws uh, down the field and you just assume that you know they'll keep you know working their way down you know maybe it's another Josh Allen touchdown run maybe he gets his third of the game um, and then they don't gain any yards on those next two plays and Tyler Bass misses the field goal and it's essentially over, and it's um, it's disappointing. And you knew the defensive injuries will play a role in the game. This Bills defense has been banged up all throughout the year. In these last two weeks, they got extremely banged up. But then the offense seemingly you – know, I mentioned the success of the offense. They seemingly play, I don't want to say the perfect game plan, but they control the ball and control the game for so much of it. And although the defense wasn't getting stops, the offense kept pace, and then you force the one turnover, which keeps it a one-score game. And you just, you know, me personally, I just thought, okay, here's the moment. Here's the moment where we get over the hump. We got Kansas City at home, and this is where the tides turn. And then it didn't, and it was extremely disappointing. Is there for you, beyond what has been said here in our short time together already, like a major takeaway this team, Eric, is challenging at this stage as it's been for the last couple of years, too, because they're so good, but it hasn't been good enough, and a hundred people might have a hundred different opinions on what should be done about it, <laughs> ranging from not much to a lot. Um, this game last night, where does it leave you in terms of like how they go forward? 
Yeah, I mean, to me in the playoffs, and we've talked about this in the past, you know, one of my biggest criticisms of, you know, this ultra-successful run that the Bills have had as of late, four division titles, five straight seasons of 10-plus wins, has been when it comes to the playoffs, especially when they're playing top-tier quarterbacks, they have not been able to affect them with a four-man rush. And they've invested uh, in in the defensive line. Um, and then yesterday, they they don't generate really any pressure on Mahomes throughout the game, which made it easier on him on the back end. Now, I understand that everything's complimentary. And when you have a banged-up second level of the defense at the linebacker level and then a banged-up you know cornerback group, then maybe the coverage isn't there for those guys to get home. But I thought one of the biggest issues was they were allowing the Chiefs to consistently stay ahead of the chain, so then they didn't even put them necessarily in those third and longs to get off the field. And when they did, it seemed like they were able to get off the field. And so, you know, it was a combination of not being able to stop the run and then not holding up well on the back end in the secondary to even let those guys get home. But, you know, disappointing day, especially rushing the passer yesterday, and I don't know what the exact answer is there. If it's, yeah. okay, sure up the run defense, so you make it easier and put them in longer disc down a distance or, hey, you know, once you get Milano and Bernard back and Tredavious White and, you know, those guys, do they make the difference to where it doesn't look like it did yesterday? But to me, you know, it was Burrow last year. It was Mahomes the prior year. It was Mahomes yesterday just not being able to affect those guys with a four-man rush. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's right to, I think, you know, point out how banged up the Bills were everywhere else on defense, but up front they had their full complement of guys. I mean, say what you will about Miller and his recovery, uh, you know, from the injury from last year. He hasn't been the same player and nearly as impactful, but they had the rest of their dudes, and it, yeah, that game, and this is not a criticism of the crowd noise itself, but the idea that having them here, you know, communication and the tackles being able to work on a silent count and the advantage that that was supposed to afford the Bills just did not manifest itself at all. No, it didn't. It, it truly didn't. And a, a lot of that was because they weren't forcing them into obvious pass yeah. situations. You know, a lot of them, a lot of those downfield throws were you know, play action passes on rundowns. And, you know, you had to dedicate so much to the run because you weren't tackling well on Pacheco. And, you know, you had the chance early to get Mahomes with Rousseau and he escapes the pocket and Rasheed Rice gets 25 yards or 26 yards on the play. And it just, the tackling was an issue. And so they stayed ahead of the chains. I, I believe it was midway through the third quarter. I was looking at the stats to, you know, give a pre-play, hey, the Chiefs are, blah, 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 and third down, I think they were one for three. Yeah. You know, mid mid to late third quarter, and they only had three third downs. And so it's – and they were one for three. So when you were able to force them into those situations, then you were able to get off the field at times. But, you know, throughout that day, you know, yesterday it was just – it was a lot of chunk plays, and I think a lot of it starts with, you know, them not being able to stop the run on those early downs and Kansas City being able to – you know, just stay ahead of the down and distance where you can't just get in those obvious pass situations to generate pressure. But unless you could put pressure on Mahomes, you know, and this has been a pretty pedestrian Kansas City offense, he, he's going to make you pay, especially in the playoffs. And look, this this is a Kansas City receiving core, especially Scantling, who, you know, this team leads the league in drops. And then yesterday, they're the ones making the plays down the field. And on our opportunities down the field, we're the ones that have the drops. Yeah, that third down point, if you really know football box scores, it's just hard to make sense of 
what that look. They ended one for five on third downs. How how would you have a game where a team goes one for five on third down? Probably they're they're turning the ball over a lot. I mean a lot, and there's a blizzard or something, and they just do not because you how how efficient is it when you're one for five on it's not it's not like four for five, but it's five. You know the Bills were seven for fourteen, which is good. Uh, it's another one of these games where the stats just confuse you because the, the stats for the Bills look so excellent um, in, in some ways, not all, as you're saying. Eric Wood on the Wester Hotline. Eric, where does uh, where are we headed with Stephon Diggs? Another quiet playoff game, the drop, three catches. They threw the ball to him on the first two plays, by the way, and this is not completely abnormal for what the second half of the season has looked like in and that was true last year too I thought it was pretty nervy for him to make that this close gesture after dropping that pass which I'm not sure I'm right but to me probably was a signal toward Allen because if you drop a ball and you know what you're patting yourself on the chest or doing nothing uh I mean Eric last year there was a lot of drama and and there were a lot of questions about him and where he was at mentally. I feel like this year there will be at least as many. Yeah, I would I would assume, and there's a lot of questions out there because it's hard to put the finger on what changed after week after the first six games and he didn't have a 100-yard game from that point on. It's just hard to put your finger on it. It's hard to figure out. And, you know, you could say that, you know, they rolled coverage to him at times, but you know, I felt like he got a lot of attention those first six games as well. And so it's hard to put your finger on what, you know, transpired there and why the production's not there in the postseason, you know, is is the answer that they need someone else. They need another big-time threat. I, I love what I've seen from Shakir and Kincaid. You got another weapon in Cook, but is there like a true number two receiver, a maybe a take-the-top-off-the-defense guy, a guy with serious size out there that could also separate that, then puts a ton of stress on the defense to where Stephon Diggs doesn't catch as much of the attention and he can produce. I'm not sure exactly what the answer is. I wish I knew, but um, I, I will commend Stephon Diggs. And, and look, his body language isn't always great out there, but throughout, especially that six game win streak where he wasn't necessarily producing, you know, some of the, um, uh, the comments you saw from him and maybe stuff in the post game was encouraging that he was, you know, he was he was satisfied. As long as we're winning, I'm all good with it. Um, but how that how that works into the off season, we'll see. Because last year we didn't anticipate all the fireworks around uh, the mandatory minicamp and all that. And one of the most, I would say, curious things uh, from Sean McDermott last night, because he's always able to find a way to avoid criticizing his players and sort of, if you will, staying out of the ditch. On Diggs, he said, quote, he had a couple of opportunities for us. Steph had a good postseason. And post the word postseason there is so stilted. Like it's it's two games. And no by no statistical measure was it good at all. But he doesn't want to he's not a good year, you know, how hard he worked. He just sort of abruptly had a good postseason. So to me that's sort of a sign like McDermott really doesn't have the easy quote on where how he, how impressed he was with Diggs, really. Right. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Okay. And um, yeah, yeah, we can leave it there because I, it, like I said, it, it's hard for me to comment on it because it, it just it didn't seem like there was something drastic, an injury, something slowing him down. And we kind of pointed towards maybe okay, let's get less 
less force feeding him maybe, spread the ball around, get more guys involved, so then we can get the big plays from him later down the road. Or we'll get our explosive Stephon Diggs back towards the end of the year, but it, it never happens. How do teammates generally react, recognizing that all drops are not created equal, nor are the players committing the drops, right? Like Trent Shurfield had a couple of balls yesterday that could have made a big difference. But, you know, no offense, he's Trent Shurfield. Like Diggs is, you know, I'm him, right? That's Diggs. He's the guy. And there it is. Like there's a moment where the difference in the game potentially could, it certainly would have been a different game if he catches that ball. Uh, don't know if the Bills would have won. There's still a lot of time left at that point. That's the beginning of that series that ends with the missed field goal. Um, how, how do teammates, I mean, I know like, you want to pick everyone up, but. Man, your heart's got to sink a little when you see a ball fly 65 yards in the air and hit your best receiver in the hands. Yeah, I think you make great points with Sherfield. You know, by all indications, Sherfield is loved in the locker room, works his tail off, you know, and he's essentially your fourth or fifth receiver. And then, heck, if you throw in tight ends and whatnot, you know, he's not one of your primary pass catchers. He's stepping in. He made some plays against Miami, but. You know, he's he's not he's not paid to make those plays, per se. Um, you'd love him to, but that's, mm-hmm. that's not how he's paid. And, and, and regarded around the league, Stephon Diggs is. Now, you know, you got a guy that makes a mistake on a Sunday in a game and he does everything right throughout the week and works his tail off. You, you feel worse for him than you are mad, per se. Um, I'm not sure. I, I've never played with Stephon Diggs. Um, I've heard he works hard and does all the right things, but – um, if, you, if, if someone's making mistakes, I'll say this from an offensive line standpoint, if a guy's not doing everything right during the week and he gets beat during the game, he's probably going to hear from me during the meetings the next day, you know, hey, this mm-hmm. is why this happened. This is why you were unsuccessful on Sunday because that, that was all created, you know, Tuesday through Saturday. And so um, it's hard for me to say in that moment what they felt about that Stephon Diggs, but it is deflating because – a lot of times your shots down the field are set up. They had Stephon Diggs finally not with Snead on him one-on-one. They get him with the safety down there, and that's where you take your shot. Eric, a a prediction maybe on sort of where the offense might be headed. Um, We've covered Diggs here. We've got the possibility Joe Brady is back. I think I might guess that he is, uh, not knowing of any sort of discord. You know, they won games. Where do you think – Sean McDermott, assuming he's back too, wants to take the offense, or even Brady, because this was not his offense he was really running. I mean, he inherited it. We saw them become so run-heavy and win doing it. Even last night, you know, it's the kind of game where you could say one play, even a field goal attempt, it could change it. Are we going to see the Bills, like, turn harder toward being more of a ball control team they, they don't, don't really have a great receiver room as we speak now, assuming Davis leaves. A lot will change, though. Philosophically, where do you think we're going? Yeah, I would assume the Bills would be thrilled to get back Joe Brady. I think he'll get a lot of interest around the league. Um, well-regarded, uh, from my experiences with him, seems to be you know a guy that everybody wants to have. You know, he's a guy that you like to have in the building, and then he did a good job. And so I'd assume he'll be – uh, pursued. I know he's gotten head coaching looks in the past and then uh, had an interview this week. And so I would assume the Bills would be thrilled to get back Joe Brady. Uh, Joe Brady, to me, seems like a guy that attacks another team's weakness or understands the overall philosophy of the game. Yesterday you have a banged-up defense. Okay, how do we 
play a little bit more ball control here and protect our defense. And then also Kansas City, very good defense on the season, but they're really good against the pass, and they haven't been as good against the run throughout the season, so they attack them on the ground more throughout that game. And so uh, he seems to me to be more of a game plan specific type of guy where some games it might be more run heavy like the Dallas game, and then other times you open it up and pass a lot more. Uh, we've talked about this over the years. You know, you want to have a good run game, and you you love to rush for you know four and a half yards of carry on the season because that's going to open up the pass game. This league is built to pass the football now. When you can't contact guys five yards down the field, and all the rules set up to protect quarterbacks, you know it's a high flying league nowadays. And so, um, you know, I never want this Bills team to say, you know, to kind of go completely old school and say we're going to ground and pound all year you got josh allen he's a generational talent at quarterback and i want the ball in his hands a majority of the time one area that maybe won't need a lot of attention unless they choose to do something because of salary um is the offensive line um mitch moore says he wants to come back um that's the first guy i would think of just because of his his concussion history and his age whether he wants to keep going the question might become whether the bills want to keep going again considering their salary cap situation but overall like i can't think of a year that's been more stable all year i mean those guys didn't play every snap i know torrance might have been the only player on the team to play every offensive snap i read um but still they had their starting five all year and they're all under contract yeah, this, this offensive line's in great shape for next year. They had one heck of a season. I know part of it's Josh Allen and him being able to make guys miss in the pocket, but you have the fewest amount of sacks in the league. They ran the football well consistently this season. Uh, James Cook, one of the highest uh, yards before contact per run in the entire NFL. And so, to me, the offensive line's in great shape. Deion Dawkins, I was talking to him earlier today. I'm like, you get older and better each and every season. I thought he had his best season as a pro this year. Mitch Morris is consistent. They shirt up the guard position, and then Spencer Brown made strides this season to where we're not worried about that right tackle spot like we were maybe in the preseason this year and based upon what he had done in the past. And so, yeah, this offensive line's in great shape. David Edwards, solid backup. They're really excited about what they have in Vandemark backing up. They like that young kid, Alec Anderson. I mean, and Ryan Bates has proven he could play in this league. I mean, you have a deep and good offensive line there, and that's uh, that's 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 one thing I would assume will be. We know that's constant for next year, and and there's a number of others we know will be constants next year. But the offensive line, I'd imagine, will stay intact. Eric, we've come to this, the last question for you of the season, and at least it's a good one, I think anyway. You may disagree. Did you meet Taylor Swift? <laughs> no, I did not meet Taylor Swift. I met Jason Kelsey. Uh, I, I know Jason Kelsey. I met up with him uh, at the Big Tree for some wings before the game and got them all settled um, and got them all set up to have a, yeah. have a pretty fun day. And and I was, I was talking to him today. He said, uh, I said, I, said uh, I was going to say, I hope you – had fun in Buffalo and enjoyed your time, but based upon the videos and what I saw during the game, I know you had a good time. I hope the hangover's not too bad. And uh, it, and then we we decided that some hangovers are worth it. But no, <laughs> I didn't meet I didn't meet Taylor Swift. Uh, Jason Kelsey's such a good dude. I had two guys in from Louisville with me, and uh, you know connected all them before the game, and they were trying to get them in the suite with Taylor Swift, but uh, security clearance and. You know, having to submit names and all that prior and all that. So they didn't make it in. But, no, I didn't meet Taylor Swift. Um, okay. 
I'm I'm uh I'm waiting outside my daughter's school to pick her up from Girl Scouts. She'll be she'll be disappointed. I I could tell a little white lie and tell her I did meet her. She'd be really impressed. No, but don't do that because she'll listen to us on the on on demand and then she'll know. So uh, our last question for you will be her first question. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, you got Kelsey set up all right. It seemed uh, you did, for sure. Uh, I thought the picture of the two of you might have been from inside the suite. I guess not. So, anyway. No, no, that was inside the big tree. Okay. Thank you for everything, Eric. Um, got a getaway coming up? Something fun? Um, yeah, I have a golf trip next week. I always book a golf trip for Pro Bowl week, because even if the Bills are in the Super Bowl, I know I'm not working that week. So, uh I'm going to spend a little bit of time down in Florida next week, a little R and R, and then uh, get back to get back to normal life. But uh, it's the I have so much fun with this job. It's like you're bitter and you're sad when it's over, not necessarily excited that you get more downtime. But mm-hmm. I always enjoy my time with you guys on Mondays. It's uh, this is kind of my cap to my day of uh, other media appearances, One Bills Live, filming the Sean McDermott show, and all that. Uh, this is always a fun cap to the day. Thank you, Eric, uh, for saying that and for all your time. Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to the next time I'm on with you guys. Let's right. go. Yep. I'm sure that'll be, may, well, maybe sooner than we think. We'll see how the offseason goes. Eric Woods, final appearance, brought to you by North for the season, uh, brought to you by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at northwest.com. By Arthur Pressman, your DWI and traffic attorney. Don't mail it in. By Northtown Automotive, whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. And by the Goodfeet Store, don't just live with foot pain. Visit the Goodfeet Store on Walden today. We'll look for your calls next. So much to talk about in the wake of the Bills' playoff loss to Kansas City. Another one. 803-0550. Sal Capaccio in about 40 minutes, a little less. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. This is WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.